What's going on, people? This is the Real Talk, Real Walk family, and we are back again with yet another episode. Come on! <laughs> another episode full of juice and energy. That's it. That's right. Yeah. Another episode where we continue the amazing faith series. Come on. Come Hallelujah. On. Another episode where Iman drops scriptures you haven't read in a long time. <laughs> the Bible says. Another episode where Aura is going to heal all of your problems and issues. Hallelujah. Amen. Another episode where we will give you the knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Come on. Another episode to disturb your SoundCloud, your Spotify, or your Apple. <laughs> Another episode where we have a special guest, which means a solid word is on the way. <laughs> Back with myself, Gabs. Myself, Mr. Game Changer. And your girl, Ore. And we are the Real Talk Real Walk family. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. However or wherever you are listening, we appreciate you. Right, we've got a lovely special guest in the house. I'm going to let her introduce herself, but she goes by the name of Susan Debras. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me on the Real Talk Real Walk. Welcome. 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 It's a pleasure to have you. You want to introduce yourself? Small, quick sentence. Oh, sorry. Yes. I'm Susan Debras, um, speaker, author, and everything in between. And yeah, man, I'm here. Susan Debras. <laughs> I love that. I love that. The everything in between. I love it, man. Thank right, you. so obviously we're going to continue the faith series, but before we do that, as we do with all of our special guests, we're going to do a quick, quick, quick fire question, just 10 questions, nice, short and sweet, um, to get you warmed up, to get you comfortable and whatnot, even though you're already comfortable, to be fair, okay, um, but to some small formalities. You ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm ready, I'm ready. First question, would you rather be a mentor or a mentee? Um, men- mentee? No, mentor, mentor. That's interesting. Preaching or teaching? Preaching. Would you rather be away from your husband for a month or stop ministry for six months? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) What type of question is that? Wow. Oh, um, uh, pass. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus said NDA. I cannot speak on that one. Um, Netflix or YouTube? Um, YouTube. Active date night or formal date night? Uh, active. I'm guessing that's games, right? And stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Active. No, it's active prayer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, games oh and whatnot. Active, yeah. Uh, read minds or go back in time? Read minds. Sunday service or midweek Bible study? Sunday service. Would you rather 30 minutes with Warren Buffett or TD Jakes? Of who? TV Jakes or Warren Buffett? Who's Warren? <laughs> Who's Warren? <laughs> billionaire. He's a billionaire. Or billionaire. One of the two shots. So Warren or um, TD, yeah? yeah. Um, Warren, because I can access TD at any point, right? So Energy. Yeah. Energy. <laughs> and lastly, would you rather be invisible or have the ability to fly? Um, fly. Love that. Cool. Um, right, no further ado, we'll go into the conversation, um, rounding up the faith series today. Mm-hmm. Um, and the question is, how does it feel to almost give up on faith? Like, what, what is that feeling like? 
um, if if anyone's kind of been in that place or if anyone's ever experienced being at a point where it's just like, like, God, are you real? Um, God, this this faith thing's not working. God, this Christianity, are, are we sure? How how does it feel like to be in that place? Anyone can start. We'll start with you. Um, we'll start with you, Susan. Being our guest, we'll let you open. <laughs> thank you. Open um, you know what? Yeah. Um, so I've been in that place. I think it is it's depressing. Um, I use the word depressing because um, you know, my experience was that I was in the faith. I was say I've been saved since I was seventeen, eighteen. Um, and like I was serving in a, well, I was in one church and then I came to another church and I was serving there faithfully, you know, was close in there. Um, I knew the, um, I was very close to the pastors. So it was a, is a, it was a wife and husband really close to their children and stuff like that. Um, and, Mm. um, yeah, the church, I found out certain things about the pastor, basically, he was living a double life, basically. Um, And Mm. it's not in the way that, you know, yeah, there was a lot of spanners in the work in terms of what he was doing, manipulating, controlling, money stuff, um, sexual misconduct, um, not with women, but with men, like things like that. um, Just, yeah. So Mm. after that ordeal, basically, um, I questioned a lot about my faith whether God was real whether he was actually speaking to me um and I was just in a rock and a hard place between whether I wanted to continue or take that risk of you know walking this journey of faith because it just seems like every man is a liar basically Mm. (laughs) um or any space that I get into isn't um what's it called isn't it's not authentic basically because the things that came out was also you know the confidentiality aspect as well um like my business being shared to other people and people prophesying that basically like stuff like Mm. that so like it it was like I knew God was probably real but for me it was more authenticity outside of the church so I would say like after that happened I think I was in a hard space in a depressed place because of um, of what happened but because I didn't really understand whether God was real or not and so my mm. faith it was more so like based on my experience but yeah I hope that makes sense but yeah mm. like so I would say it's it was depressing and it was a dark space filled with a lot of confusion so mm. yeah do you know that's um that's definitely uh, an interesting one I don't I don't have an experience like that. So I think it's definitely good to explore it a bit more, explore it a bit further. Mm. Um and I think it's definitely interesting because I think people experience certain things and then, you know, as it's understandable that people then question God or question their faith, question Christianity and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um probably a question off the back of that. How how do we get to that point where we associate God and uh, our faith directly so we have an experience mm-hmm. um whether it's our church or our family members or work or we have some kind of experience mm-hmm. and then automatically rather than questioning the church or rather than question our family or rather than question the experience itself mm. a lot of people tend to question god and not our whole relationship or our whole faith like how, how do we mm. not be able to dissociate the two because obviously for you in your case you could have easily just been like, yeah, like God, my faith is still amazing, but this church is probably just 
not the one. Mm. Mm. Um, and then just, you know, gone to a different church, for example. But mm. obviously with, with that experience, it kind of led to you to, to question the whole entire faith as opposed mm. to just the church in itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, yeah, yeah I get what you... I think, you know what, um, it's really hard, like, and I say this all the time, but it's really hard to disconnect God and let's say I'll use my example and the people in church or the person that leads the church I think it takes a lot of person it it takes a lot of um understanding um within Mm. your like of who God is like your own theology and stuff like that a lot of maturity um and and whatnot but it's really hard to disconnect it the same way that obviously when I was growing up um you know I had quite like a tumultuous past so I lost both my parents um Mm. like I'd been through all types of abuse and my issue even getting saved was okay how can I reconcile like the idea that there's a God and he would allow me to go through so much pain like I don't understand that do you get what I mean and it's Mm. the reason why it was hard for me to disconnect it is like growing up I don't know how it is now obviously in schools and stuff like that everything is about you know some people will call it a higher power but there's a God like God created the world do you get what I'm saying he's in control Mm. of everything so it's hard to disconnect what you go through in life (laughs) and like and God like that is a really difficult thing and I think it takes time so for me what it was it was my own personal the first time in terms of reconciling God in my life and the things that I'd been through it first came with okay like I've had in my personal experience with him my personal experience with you know his character I have a understanding of that so I'm going to say yes to that but then still I don't have a great enough understanding now of who God is to disassociate him from I'm seeing this is the man of God isn't it this is the mm-hmm. leader this is the spearhead like God has anointed and called this man of God to lead us and to tell us everything about our lives now I was really young I was from there from when I was like 19 20 um and so for me moving out of that space of being comfortable again being in church and you know having I guess clarity on where people sit outside of God um again that came through me gaining understanding I hope that makes sense but yeah like gaining my own personal understanding of this is where people sit like people are human beings they make mistakes whether they're anointed or not and then like Mm. you know this is God and he never changes and this is his character this is his nature you know his his heart is not to harm me but I had to unlearn the theology even in that church of putting this man on a pedestal and making Mm. him the god of in my life does that make sense like so I think it's that process of unlearning basically that was my experience I'm sure there's more to it but yeah Mm. you know you said something good at the end and it probably leads me to uh to a question but Mm. do we like as a church and anybody can jump in and answer but do do we as a church put pastors on a pedestal too much one and two do do ministers, pastors have a right to be placed on a pedestal? I do think it's a very it's very much a cultural thing. Obviously, mm. coming from an African, a West African, specifically Nigerian background myself, that is something that I've seen in a lot of Nigerian churches. And when I then moved to more Western, quote unquote, multicultural churches, that was not something 
that I saw taking place. So I, I personally feel like it's more of a cultural thing, but also you actually do see it in, um, in America as well. And I think yeah. in this modern time that we're living in, I think the new situation is almost like the quote of the, ce- the cult of the celebrity pastor, so to speak. Mm. So to name a few names, just for ex- um, example purposes and not, not to comment on anything that each individual pastor is responsible for people like Carl Lentz, um, mm. people like now in this day and age, Michael Todd, um, I think what we have indirectly created, and this is not biblical in my opinion, it's just a celeb- it's a, it's a celebrity culture of, oh, these pastors are in high places. Even to mention like a Pastor Toby from a UK perspective. I don't think that the UK struggles with celebrity pastors as much as we mm. see in America. Um, that's a, probably a conversation for another day. But um, I think that's something that we have now created because of accessibility, things like social media showing us these individual lives. I, that's that's my opinion anyway. So mm. I do not think that it's necessarily a biblical <laughs> thing, yeah. but it's more it's more of a societal thing and a cultural thing. That's yeah. Wait, <laughs> no, mm. you know what, Aurea, I hear you. Like, I think the celebrity pastor thing. I just think like, especially in America, they actually do have a celebrity culture out there. Like, that's like high on the list isn't it like anyone can be like they idolize people like that's just their culture and I think it's also down to like their history as well you know what I'm saying especially in like the black um community like just their history the things that have happened and stuff like that like having someone there that is a representation of them so the likes of Mike Todd like that is for some people representation do you know what I mean doing something Mm. pushing a movement forward do you know what I mean um, for the betterment of you know the wider community etc cetera, etc cetera, right but I think that the, the the celebrity culture like that's in America I feel like here in the UK like <laughs> we don't care about people <laughs> we don't care about people enough like we don't our culture here like we don't care about people enough do you know what I'm saying except when like you so rightfully said already like in African communities, like the culture there is to esteem like a man of God really, really mm. highly. And sometimes it is to that extreme where it's like they are the voice of God. And I think is there's culture in it, but I do maybe Iman can jump in on this part, but then there is that aspect where if there is understanding biblically of I might, I don't know, like of, I guess the term honour, maybe the the Mm. term honour has been made so extreme and has been perverted for the, like for the betterment of the individuals that are at the top. Does that Mm. make sense? Like, I don't know if that's translating well, but like, I think like there is like a, element of respect or honor to someone who's leading but sometimes it gets taken to the extreme because of the type of culture that has been cultivated if that makes sense and I think it takes a lot of hard work to do that because every human being wants to in some way follow somebody Mm. if that makes sense yeah oh sorry I think just because I think you're talking about, I don't know if you're talking about, you know, there's a scripture that's like, touch not my anointed. And I think a lot of people will take that scripture. And I think if you're trying to say that it comes from a place, that like sometimes it can come from a, a well-meaning place of honour. I do think there are scriptures to back that point up. And I think it would be good for Iman to 
expand on that as well. But I agree, like, people take it too far because people don't, I think, from a West African perspective anyway, I do think there's definitely an element of, in that culture, people are always looking for sometimes like a saviour or even, it's even mm. a mix of celebrity culture as well because we saw yeah. it with... Um, this celebrity was it David Doe when it was his birthday and he asked people to send him money and the guy got like millions mm. in, in Naira of course yeah. but it was like it you know I think it definitely the mixture of, of mixing culture and Bible together is what leads us to where we are today mm. I think mm. Yeah, I, yeah I definitely think I definitely think the celebrity the celebrity culture in the US is definitely hot for sure and it's, <laughs> it's, it's been hot for a while since TD TD Jakes guys. Um, or days rather, the Paula mm. Whites, the, there's there's loads of them um, that are all out there. And um, definitely what Susan said as well, it's, it's within the UK, like Pastor Toby right now is probably running it for the UK. Like he, <laughs> he's the guy, as much as many people dislike him. I didn't know he was still relevant, bro. He, he's the guy, like, he's relevant and he'll forever be relevant because... <laughs> because of his dress sense, his appearance. Yeah, it's, for it's sure. No, it's no longer about what he done to get there, who he manipulated <laughs> to get there. Yeah. Now it's just about the, the shoes he's wearing, the clothes he's wearing. Now it's all fun and games. It's all banter. Whereas mm. before it was pushing hard to, you know, a victim. But now it's all it's all fun and games now. Mm. And I definitely think the celebrity culture happens in our church locally. Um, I just think it's on a smaller scale. Mm. And I think that's where the culture comes into it because my my pastor, my big daddy, he was definitely a celebrity within that ministry. <laughs> like yeah. he, people worship, people worship the ground he walked on, just the way he carried himself, the way he moved. Obviously, at the time, I just thought, you know what, like he's Baba. They call him that because you know he's big daddy and yeah. he deserves the respect. But I think obviously, growing up and looking back, you think, wow, like people really worshipped him and really you know wanted to to cherish the handkerchief that he sniffed in and and like all of these mm. different different things but, but do you he, think he did that though like i don't think it was him I, I yeah think, exactly I yeah, the work, yeah yeah the work that he did led people to esteem him highly yeah which is why i agree that you know the celebrity culture is mad and we need to get rid of it but if we look at things holistically i can yeah. understand why he was placed on that pedestal like i yeah. get it maybe because of the work that he done or the work that god used him to do mm. it's just like raw you deserve everything like i'm gonna pay for your rent people pay for his rent people's buying him clothes like certain pastors in the UK in your local church mm. don't struggle. Do you know what I mean? Like they don't have mm. any issue because members in the congregation will pay for this, give them that. So it probably it's probably a, a good time for for even for yourself to jump in. Like looking things, looking at things holistically. Mm. Do you think some pastors should be placed on a pedestal? Now i i have i have very different beliefs to a lot of people on this on this topic, and I think because when one one of the reasons why I have different opinions is because something that kind of jars me in the Christian space at large is when we throw titles to stuff. Um, where as Christians we're very good to do that. Um, a simple way of doing or looking at it is uh, denominations, for example. I'm Methodist. I'm Baptist. I'm Pentecostal. I'm Anglican. I'm Catholic. I'm Roman Catholic. I'm Orthodox. I'm G Roman Orthodox. I'm Greek Orthodox. I'm charismatic, I'm this, I'm that, I'm non-denominational. Then you go, oh, this one is a pro prosperity gospel. This one is poverty gospel. This one is celebrity, um, celebrity pastor. This one is not. Now, I can understand it when people try and describe a narrative, but you have to understand that with labels, everyone has their personal interpretation of that. So, for example, I use the prosperity gospel. Someone will come out and say, you know, 
um, um, some of the old school guys, maybe someone like Benny Hinn was a prosperity gospel guy. And then now, you know, in a, in more recent times, someone will come out and say, I've been hearing rhetoric about how Mike Todd is a prosperity gospel guy. And, you know, someone's <laughs> local pastor is a prosperity gospel guy. And then what, mm. what are the parameters? Oh, well, you know, he likes, he likes drip and he likes to wear nice clothes. Okay, so that is the parameter. Whereas back in the day, they said that prosperity gospel preachers were some people that preached health, wealth, and, you know, the, mm. the whole nine yards to people. Um, as their inheritance as believers and everyone should get it as you know whatever the point i'm trying to get to is that with the celebrity gospel thing i i do accept that there's an element of idolatry of a lot of leaders where the 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 treatment that leaders uh some leaders have received over the years um has been to the detriment of the people as well as um leading people to wrongly view what the gospel is all about and what the Christian faith is all about. So I can accept that. The problem is, is we have too many interpretations of what that looks like. Now, um, especially in the New Testament, Paul makes it clear, you know, the, the New Testament epistles make it clear that those that lead, especially like um, I was reading a passage earlier on this week, um, uh, 1 Timothy, yeah, 1 Timothy 5. Um, and Paul was like, look, those who, the elders, the overseers, the, the leaders that, that lead over you well and effectively, that direct you well, that serve you well, are worthy of double honor. Like, that's, that's not a light statement to make. But yeah. what he's saying is, is that these people should be, these people should be esteemed. These mm. people should be respected, not idolized. Yeah. And there's a, thin, there's a thin line between the two. And I think people need to be very careful. Your personal opinion, right? Your personal opinion should not demean or devalue someone's value for a, a leader as mm. long as it doesn't cross the line of, um, of idolatry, as in this person, you put them on the same level as Jesus Christ. So when people say, oh, don't put, this is why you shouldn't, because it's literally, I see it like every week, something happens to one preacher, you know, and it goes on the news, and then you'll see someone in the comments or in a thread go, this is why you need to <laughs> read your Bible. You yeah. and this <laughs> is why you shouldn't put people on a pedestal. Guys, calm, calm down. Calm no, no. down. <laughs> let, let, let's do critical thinking. Yeah. Do you know that people, like, they, yes, it is true. There are people that put, you know, these people on the same pedestal as Jesus Christ. But there's some people who just respect these people yeah. very highly. And you cannot, unless unless you know and you can clearly see that this person or people are putting their leaders on the same level as Jesus Christ, do not be quick to go and say, don't, this is why you shouldn't put people on a pedestal. Because at the end of the day, you do it with influencers all the time. All the time. Yeah. Do it with them all the time. Yeah. Oh, I love this person because they're so real. They're so authentic. They're so X, Y, and Z. And you may not put them on the same uh, level as Jesus Christ, but you idolize them and you don't know. And that's mm. why I'm saying there's a thin line. Sorry, I'm getting passionate right now. Yeah. Right? There's a thin <laughs> line between there's a thin line between esteeming someone highly and yeah. idolizing them. And that's why we have to consistently check our hearts. Lord, is my heart in a wrong place with how I'm valuing this person? Even, mm. even as brothers and sisters, the Bible encourages us that we should uh, treat others more highly than, um, that like, um, more than we do ourselves. That means should, we should value and esteem others like we 
value ourselves. We should put other, we should prefer others to ourselves. So we have to we have to make sure that look, Lord, is my heart in the right place? But I want to spin it back because I know this episode isn't about um celebrity pastors. Wait, not. wait, wait. But Iman, Iman, yeah. Okay, One okay. thing I wanted to say something on what you said. I think it's yeah. I totally agree with what you're saying. Um and you know, I think that especially when things like that do happen with, you know, like, and some people, when they comment, like, this is why you should have put people on the pedestal. Sometimes it does reveal the fact that you put them on the pedestal, but that's <laughs> another story. Like, because like, <laughs> I'm just like, you know what I mean? Like, you put them on the pedestal too. Right. Like, you, right. you thought you regarded them in some way. Do you know what I'm saying? For you yeah. to say, this is why you shouldn't. This is your disappointment, right? Mm-hmm. But I think it's also learning. People need to learn, even when people make mistakes. When when they reveal their humanity, you know, that they're they're flawed as well, Um, that, okay, I can make the separation between someone making a mistake and being wrong and not equating that to false teaching or them being something negative. Do you know what I mean? I think that we don't know how to separate the two. Like, do you understand what I'm saying? But at the same time, even in terms of that idolization, I was actually talking to someone this week and we we're talking about that whole thing of honor and we we're having this big discussion debate with a few other people. And um, I, they, they were saying like, you know, people have been like, there's pastors, you know, that have told them like, you can't marry this person and you can't do this, you can't do that, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, look at them now, the church has flopped, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, so I'm like, all right, cool. But I'm just like, this is where going back, like even to the beginning of the, what we were saying that I think it's unlearning particular things because I need to understand that I can esteem and I can honor my leader. Right. And I can, um, I can respect his counsel and stuff like that, but also a sign of a good leader, a good shepherd, um, is one that understands their jurisdiction. Do you get yeah. what I mean? Yeah. My jurisdiction is not to tell you that you can't move to, do you know what I'm saying? To Bali. Yeah. Like that's not my jurisdiction. I can give you counsel. I can be like, okay, financially, do you have the means that, like, what do you have set up there? Okay. This is my advice, but not to impose it. Like thus say if the Lord don't, yeah. you understand? what I'm yeah, saying yeah, like yeah. oh you can't marry that person well I can mm. give my concerns like they seem a little bit controlling and even that I would I would err on the on the point of caution but like do you get why I'm saying my jurisdiction's yeah. not that it's for your spiritual well-being you understand yeah, what I'm yeah, saying yeah, yeah. and I think in a lot of the times what it's been is I'm idolizing them, but I'm also giving them jurisdiction. Like you've heard stories of wives that will listen to their pastors, but not listen to their husbands, yeah. <laughs> listen to their husbands, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like, but it's just like, if you had real theological under, like it's not even being like a, you don't have to be a theologian, just read your Bible. Right. Yeah. And have, accurate understanding you will know that but rather that that's not his jurisdiction yeah, yeah how about you're even dishonoring god by doing that you know what i'm saying like yeah. so for me i think like it's it's the it's the two in between so i just had to add that before you went on email because you made a good yeah. point no so, no yeah. no and that's I, I feel like then when it comes to the element of faith i think that if you if your heart is in the right space and you know that yes i respect an individual um and I, and I value, you know, the, you know what they've done. And then when they do do wrong, you can go, right. Yes, my respect for them has been challenged because they've done this wrong thing. But then 
just as as you know sis just said that you're able to discern a mistake from someone who's perpetually been doing that or perpetually been controlling or you know been manipulative or has had a long history of doing a particular thing you know and i think the the leaders that do well like are the ones that are able to say sorry oh i did wrong like i, I don't have no issue with that when when they've done something wrong they're quick they're straightforward they they have no hesitancy they're not making up words they're not you know beaten around the bush they're humble they're able to say this is what i've done wrong not people who it's only when they get caught out that's when they're now doing statements of apology that's when they're now getting people around to come and you know spiritual mm. father and spiritual mother is now coming down to come and try and control the mess <laughs> yeah. now we have to move away from that and that you'll be able to see like Mm. as as we're wise enough to be doing fbi on twitter instagram facebook <laughs> yeah. whatever we can use the same level of dedication to learn how to be able to be discerning and not go oh this leader this leader there's so many bad leaders no there are loads of faithful leaders as much as there is a celebrity culture quote yeah. unquote there are so many faithful leaders that even if they've made a mistake or whatever They've corrected it and they've moved on, and they've and they've been able to to seek healing in whatever way they need to, and then from that perspective, there are people that continue to go to those churches because they're like, this is a leader I can sit under, or mm. these are leaders I can sit under because of their humility. But rather, what I'm seeing more time, especially people that are walking away from the faith, is that. When the scandals arise, we're seeing a, a consistency of wrongdoings, of failures, of inconsistencies, of malpractice, of misconduct. It's a consistent thread. And then we're like, wow, you're then finding out, wow, this was going on all along. I never knew. I respected this person so much to the point where I thought they could do no wrong. This is where believers have gotten it wrong. Because mm. when you feel like a man or a woman can do no wrong, like I love mm. my wife so much, but I know that there's, I know that as a human being, she can do wrong. Mm. I know me do you, myself. Do you, think we, do you think we, the church, should be more forgiving towards pastors? I, you know, <laughs> you, you more grace. No, I didn't. no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, I listen, listen. So, you know, if you asked me four years ago, right, this same question, maybe five years ago, I would have been like, no, like we shouldn't. They should know. Do you know what I'm saying? The thing. Um, I, mm. you know what you signed up for, in it. You know the type of life you're supposed to be living, bro. Um, and so yeah, I would have said no. But being on the other side, like as you know, a new thing, London. Do you know what I mean? I, mm. I lead the church with my husband. So being on the other side, and even that, that's that's a miracle from God for me to be doing that after what we <laughs> went through. But, um, now. I understand how easy it is to cross the line. Um, I understand how easy it is to fail. I'm not giving, I'm not saying I'm not giving people permission to do wrong or, you know, I'm saying to say wrong or to do the wrong, but I understand how easy it is to fall into particular places. Um, you know, because obviously I'm in it now. Do you know what I'm saying? Now, I think that we do need to hold more more, more leaders accountable. Yeah. 
you know, like we need to be pulling up people a lot faster. You know what I'm saying? We need to start looking at what their eldership board is looking like. You know what I mean? Um, That part, I'm like, no, that was wrong. And I think one of the things I loved after the church that I went to after the first church, you know, after that church broke down and stuff, one thing that I really admired or um, respected was that he was like, "If, if I do you wrong, can you come and tell me? Like if you have a problem, come to me or these are the people you can go to if you're not happy with certain things. Yeah. I'd never heard that before. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm like, mm. raw, like some leaders will just be like, well, I'm the leader. I'm not stepping down for any reason. Form, shape, or, this is my church. Mm-hmm. Nobody tells me what to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but he put himself in a situation where he could be guarded. Do you know what I'm saying? As a leader, and it, he would be less at risk to fall into some of the things that we see now. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And some of the things that we have seen, we can only speak on obviously bigger pastors that we've seen in public that have fallen and stuff like that, or, you know, maybe sometimes in the local community community but the pattern is is that it was going on for a long time so who was pulling him up right mm. yeah but this is my point have you finished your point season sorry yeah no 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 go oh, on go on i'm gonna let you yeah yeah, yeah. I, I do agree with what you're saying but it's also why i do think that we should hold um pastors more to account first of all it's because it's scriptural like yeah. it talks about people in positions of leadership having a bigger um call to answer to because they have shepherd they have sheep who are under them essentially yeah or you if a pastor falls you know other people are watching it's it's wrong but separately to all of that is because like you said i do believe that leaders have um a responsibility to be transparent i believe anyone in any position of even me as i'm doing this podcast i also hold myself to that same like position to be a little bit transparent if I'm struggling mm. with something it's not that I should be here on this podcast telling people oh this yeah. is how you don't say stray from faith but in my personal life I'm struggling mm. so if I'm, like if I am struggling in my personal life then I'm going to talk about it on here once I believe that I'm in a position that place yeah. Um, yeah I'm in a place where I can talk about it and if I've you know if it's, if, if it's marriage related and I've sought permission from the relevant people I will talk about it mm. and I think that that's what leaders need to be doing but the reality is a, a lot of leaders are not doing that yeah. they're not talking about the, the struggles and then obviously they're falling and everyone who's under them is now falling too and especially in this day and age where we're living in such difficult and perilous times be it financially be it inflation be it this pandemic be it all kinds of sicknesses and illnesses that it just seems like this is just at least in our lifetime, yeah. you know, this is just a really difficult time. Yeah. Now so more than ever, I believe, you know, people are falling away from the faith and therefore as leaders, we are in like, not we, because I'm not, I'm not a pastor, obviously, but I guess but you're we a have some kind of influence. Oh, you're yeah. a leader. Yeah, yeah, you're a leader. Don't run away from that. I'm trying to side the point. You're a leader. Well, always, always running. Trust you running. Don't, don't from run your from the calling, bro. Don't run from the calling, my good sis. God, Why are you? Why are you? <laughs> because I am really always running from you. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Now more than ever, we all have a responsibility to be open yeah. and honest. Yes. And pastors are not doing that. And so because of that, we do need to hold them to a different type of accountability because it's not fair on the people who's picking up the pieces for all the people who who follow the leader and now are in an even worse position. Yeah. Mm. You know but what, the I do, thing I is, you, yeah? 
Um, I'll say something quickly and then I'll let you go, Susan. I do agree with you, um, Aura. I definitely do believe Christians in general, not even just ministers, but Christians in general need to be a bit more transparent. Mm. I think if we are a bit more transparent, then it kind of changes the narrative of how Christians are. This whole Christians are perfect, boom, boom, boom. When Christian makes a mistake, Mm. it's just like, oh, but you're meant to be a Christian. Why are you listening to that music? Why are you doing this? Why are you behaving like that? Mm. You're meant to be a Christian. Why are you rude for? Christians are not meant to be rude. Mm. However, (laughs) if it was all transparent and stuff, then them sort of conversations won't happen anytime somebody steps out line mm. i can remember one of my boys told me a long time ago that he doesn't rate gospel artists because of how they approach them how they approach um transparency and that stuff and i remember him saying and i'll never forget but i remember him saying if if gospel artists tell us that they must be i'll respect them a whole lot more mm. but when obviously people just come on this whole year i'm holy than now i'm perfect it kind of puts a barrier when people want some relatability however mm. to look at things holistically our ministers leaders are christians even in a place where they can be real because yeah, exactly. The minute, a, the minute a Christian is real, we <laughs> shut them down. It's just like, yeah. oh, my days cancel. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe it. I held them to a high regard. Now they're showing me rudeness. I don't want to respect them anymore. I'm going to unfollow them. I'm going to block them. Mm. It's almost as though Christians yeah. are forced to be perfect. So I, I can understand why a Christian doesn't want to be real. especially. But that's leader. the thing, though. That's the thing, though. Like, I think that, like... It, that's why I said it's so easy. It's it's very hard, like, an, for a leader, and it's very easy to fall into certain things because not a lot of people are inviting to the vulnerability mm. of a leader, like the humanity of a leader. Do you know what I mean? The only um. <clears throat> the only time that it's probably welcomed is when you've been delivered, healed and set free from the thing. You understand what I'm saying? Like, it's not really like if a, come on, like if someone came on Instagram live and say, Hey guys, I, you know, I'm really struggling with staying faithful to my wife. Like they would automatically be like, they're being real. You know what I mean? They want you to know that they don't want to do this, you know, and pray me up. People would automatically, I guess, like, um, like disconnect from them do you know what I mean people want to see whether we like it or not we want to see a finished version of an individual so we know what we want to aspire or attain to like just naturally you know I'm saying just naturally you know and we will feel uncomfortable about it but yeah it's really hard to be real and I think like that's why outside of I think it's dangerous for a leader not to have genuine friendships Mm -hmm. outside of what they do because I feel as though genuine friendships people that can be like nah or mentorship or you know accountability and stuff like that does give room for them to have that but not a lot of leaders have that like this week I had a conversation with one of my mentors and they checked me on something like really deeply and I was like rah boy like I got brought back down to reality I'm like (laughs) okay Mm. god you know what I'm saying like deal with this area like help me out here do you get what I mean but how how inviting would people be to that area of my weakness if I said it you know what I mean there's more comfortability mm. of me sharing that when I've overcome it and but I'm not saying that I wouldn't be real because I'm a real person I will mm. say what is on my mind and what I feel and what's not happening for me if you talk to me on a level but I think that there isn't permission for that on a broader scale if that makes mm. sense I so, yeah. agree But I also, I feel like there's two sides, right? Because I do agree. And I think that there isn't 
I don't think, I don't also think that sometimes when you're in the thick of it, it's really the time to, especially as a pastor, I don't think that that's the really the time mm. to come out and start talking about it because you're still dealing with it. There's things happening behind the scenes. It wouldn't even be, it wouldn't be wise under any circumstances really and truly to come out. However, mm. what you said about accountability is the key. I think the reality is a lot of these churches where things are going wrong, there's no plurality of leadership or eldership. There's nobody to help. Or if they do have it, people are not listening. The leaders are not listening. They're doing what they want. You saw it. I don't know. There's a, what's that? The rise and fall of Mars Hill. Um, With that Mark Driscoll pastor, that was particularly the problem. He might have had all these elders, but they're not listening. Or he doesn't have friends. Or he doesn't have friends. (laughs) I agree. Also, I think that if you know that you're struggling with stuff, for example, if you're a pastor and you're struggling to be faithful to your wife, or you're struggling with pornography, don't come on the pulpit and now be preaching against pornography. It's, mm-hmm. Hold that sermon until yeah. you've walked through it and you've dealt with your issues, you know? Yeah, and I think that's like that. where people are having <laughs> issues. It's not necessarily that we're expecting you to come out and be transparent in the thick of your problems, mm-hmm. but maybe just lay off the sermon until, <laughs> until you've dealt with it. So then you can come out and say, look, when I was preaching about X, Y, Z, I was struggling yeah. with X, Y, Z, but this is what I did to make sure that I've come out of it on the other side. But you see, but you see already, the thing, you yeah. see the thing with... If, because look, when a certain pastor, I won't say their name, yeah, were doing a particular series around relationships, yeah, I last year. <laughs> not like not to name any names, obviously, but <laughs> when they were doing this series real and real they real made real. they made um uh, they shared that they had um a pornography they had a pornography issue. I, I can't remember whether it was during their marriage or whatever, and something about their wife right everyone I remember that TL it was hot look at this guy like it was almost like I thought it happened yesterday the way people were talking about it Mm. so the moment that my guy was real about what he was do you understand like what what he'd gone through whatever people were like this is why you don't listen you know to people's relationship advice I told you man and you know the people come out the woodworks and they say that's why you know you shouldn't put certain preachers on a pedestal and whatnot and it's like no but he was real do you know what I'm saying he's sharing that to help someone else but then now there's a pushback so I'm like what do you want like what what do you want (laughs) what do you want sometimes I don't know I think you have to be so careful because when you're sharing it's not like you're sharing to say oh I'm not perfect to you like you've got you have to, everything has to have a purpose. You don't come on there and spill your your problems with no purpose. Like, and I think that relationship series was good, but who's coming out saying, you know, I struggled with pornography. Okay, but so where's the steps for the people who are struggling right now? Where is the practice? If you're going to do that, like do a, a series on pornography, do a practical steps for people who are struggling, offer assistance. Like, it's not just about, okay, I, I was lost, but now I'm found. Okay, what were the steps that got you? But how do we know he's not doing that though? True. Well, in that particular series, no, that, no, 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 not in the series, yeah. <laughs> not in the series, Ori. But how do we know? Yeah, that he's not do. Why does? What if he's just doing a private course for the people that are actually on his mm. congregation? Because it's a, it's such a deep and intimate thing that requires. How do we know the, the people that he's mentoring? He's not going through those steps. And do you understand what I'm saying? We is, a, is, a part, is a pastor not just allowed to testify in peace? <laughs> <laughs> Because when people are giving testimonies, they're not saying they don't go into detail. Yeah, this is what happened to me, but I forgot about. Yeah, no, you yeah. see what you see what yeah. I like it's really it's been good combo, and I hear your point, Ore, about yeah. you know when you're going through it, like you know, um, like 
kind of weigh it out and then get to a good space. But the thing is this, that even as a preacher and a teacher, you, you're also preaching to yourself. You are not above yeah, the sermon true. yourself. It's and I always, I always have to remind my members mm. that I am also preaching to myself. The same standard that I am preaching to you, I also have to preach to myself. So yes, I am the vehicle or the vessel through which God might be speaking his words. But then at the same time, I'm also listening. So I will listen back to my sermons as well and go, okay, right. Like, and sometimes like, not even just sometimes, a lot of the times, the words that come out of my mouth will, will prick me. Which means that God is also convicting me of the standard to which I ought to hold myself to. Um, I've realized that, and a lot of people recognize me for this, and I and I always want to be recognized as this, as someone who's authentic to where I am with God in life and all of those things. Mm. I will obviously I have a filtering system to which or how I I convey or relay those messages out to people. But I will, I will share my message because I, I think that people need to understand that just because you are a leader, you know, whatever, you're a pastor, you're a prophet, apostle, whatever you want to call yourself, you know, over a church, it doesn't make you exempt from going through the challenges people face. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I think it's very important for people to understand that. And when people, when people understand that you are also in, uh, in need of the grace of God, and you are walking in humility, I personally believe that people will show you more grace. Mm, they will. Not because, not because there isn't a standard for you, but because you are walking in a, in a manner of humility, which shows people that, look, I don't think I'm better than you. I don't think I've, I've, I am, you know, I've, I've, I've got it all together, but as best as I can, I'm being obedient to what the scripture says and though I may make a mistake, and though I may falter, this is not to say consistently or habitually. We have mm. to make it clear because as Ora has rightly said, the Bible does hold leaders, elders, uh, overseers to a higher standard. Yeah. But, but it, it just means that when I need help, I know I can receive grace. I can boldly come forward. We're obviously living in a day and age where people are, yes, the council culture is there. The problem is, and I saw a tweet about, I saw a tweet about it the other day. Is as much as you know, people want to talk about accountability and holding people to a standard. Council culture, the mainstream council culture, is rooted in hypocrisy because mm -hmm. people are holding you to a standard that makes sense in their eyes. Mm. So. I'm not even going to mention his name, but uh, let's say, for example, Don't do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to mention his name. I'm going to think of somebody else. Let's think of someone like, um, uh, uh, let's think of somebody like Boris Johnson. Okay. Boris Johnson. <laughs> Boris, Boris Johnson is, is a man who gets, uh, gets around with the ladies, has multiple kids, is going around drinking. I don't know if he does drugs or whatnot, X, Y, Z. We live in a society where people are doing exactly the same thing, but are not prime ministers of United Kingdom. Mm. You sleep around, you've cheated on your wife. Why are you on? Why are you the first to comment on every thread that Sky News, uh, breaking news, have to say something? When you are a serial cheater, you don't look <laughs> after your kids. You, you, you're, you're an alcoholic X, Y, Z. But you'll say because he's the prime minister. Yes, the prime minister. He has a he has a legal duty 
an, uh, an obligation to ensure that he is serving the people best. But when it comes to his moral, the mo his moral failings, there are many, there are several people that should not even open their mouth to even say a bad word against him because they practice exactly the same thing. What am I mm -hmm. trying to say? What I'm trying to say is that in a, in a day and age where council, mainstream council culture is prevailing, us as believers have to go, look, for my own, for my own accountability before God, I am not going to pretend before people and miss out on, on an eternity on an eternity with the father mm. because I was scared and I was pretending. That's I'd it. rather look like, just like Susan said, she had a conversation with a mentor this week, couple beginning first. Yeah. Like the first couple days, like I think like the third or fourth of, of this month, I had a harsh conversation with a spiritual father of mine. Mm. Bruh, it cut me. I was, <laughs> I, let, I'm going to be honest. I was raging. Mm -hmm. I was raging. I was like, nah, well, nah, 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 because it's not. I was trying to defend myself. And then I had to, the, well, we ended the we ended the call. And a couple of days later, I had to sit down and marinate. Over the next couple of days, I had to sit down and marinate on what was said. And I had mm -hmm. to call him back and I said, you know what? Of, upon reflection, I thank you for saying that. It was hard to take in a moment, mm -hmm. but I appreciate you saying that. And I thank you for saying that because I needed it. In order for me to be effect an effective leader, I can't always have yes champions in my corner who mm -hmm. will overlook the, when I'm doing wrong just because I am gifted. And so I'd rather be honest, and I'm saying this publicly, so that not just so that people can go, oh, well, you know, oh, th that's good, but so that people know me, myself, I am mm. holding myself to a standard because one, I don't want to miss it at the end. I don't want to be a leader that goes, guys, you can do this for God. Guys, this is mm. the gospel. Guys, this is X, Y, and Z and miss it in the end because mm. I know I'm going to be held to a greater standard. So yeah. right now, I'd rather go, guys, look, as you're all in need of the grace of God, I'm in need of the grace of God. I'm in need of grace to be a good husband to my wife Mm -hmm. I'm in need of grace to be a good parent to my child. I'm in need of grace to be a man in this day and age. And I'm not trying to pretend. If you don't want to cancel me, fine. I, As long as I know Jesus loves me, and as long as I know I'm serving people well and effectively by the grace of God, that's fine by me. And mm -hmm. so I realize that I've seen a lot more grace from people because I've stepped away from pretending. I've stepped away from acting like, you know, I, I'm this great, fantastic person who, you know, can do no wrong. No, I, that's not me. Mm. I, I put that far from me. That's not mm. to say I'm a disgusting person. No, it's just look. Don't put me on that. Don't put me on that standard because if you do, it's gonna get to my head. And as 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 a good brother of mine, as 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 Pastor Ayo says, there's a thin line between selfish ambition <laughs> and falling <laughs> away. And I think people, I I, I want to make this very. <laughs> So you're